Okay. Um, my name is Pip. It's great to have you with us. Um, if you weren't around, on Friday we did uh, an Easter trail in, over in Central Park. Um, and in the run-up to it, on social media, we asked a few questions. And one of them was, with, was this. What is the most important thing about Easter? Is it maybe uh, chocolates, uh, bank holiday, seeing your family or friends? Hopefully there's some little rabbits, Graham if he finishes talking at the back, uh, to come up on the screen. Oh, oh look, oh, do you know what? I completely forgot we're going to have a really tiny projector in this place compared to where we normally are. So you can't see that, so I'm just going to tell you uh, what it says. So on the social media before the um, activities in the park, we said, you know, what is the most important thing about Easter? Is it chocolate, bank holiday, seeing family and friends? Maybe it's the school holidays. Maybe it's the fact that spring is in the air. I mean... I have loved the sunshine that we've had the past couple of days. Like, it's been a proper change, hasn't it, from the incessant rain. Like, I had properly had enough of the rain. Um, but hold those questions in your head. What is the most important thing about Easter? And then I'm going to ask you one other question. Well, it's kind of three questions in one, okay? Um, please don't feel put on the spot. I'm not going to single anyone out to shout out an answer. But if you want to, at some point, you can. I want you to think about three things that are true about you this morning. So imagine the sentence, I am dot, dot, dot. What would you fill in the dot, dot, dot with? I am. Three things that you would say about yourself. Have a little think. Um, little think, I am dot, dot, dot. Okay, I've given you a little bit of time. Is anybody happy to say one of the things that they've come up with? I am. Any answers? Oh, okay. I am fun, fresh, and fabulous. There we go. There we go. Excellent. Any other offers? I am tired. Brilliant. I am tired. Anything else? I am grateful for family. Brilliant. Any more offers? Don't worry. I'm not going to put anyone on the spot. Okay. They're great. Okay. So in your head, even if you didn't say those out loud, I wonder what you came up with. You might have come up with something about your job what you do in the week. I am a blah, blah, blah. Um, you might have come up with something about your fun, fresh and fabulous personality. Uh, you might have come up with something about what you love doing. Um, maybe something about your appearance, your habits, your heritage. Maybe about how you're feeling. A prime example, I am tired. Maybe you came up with something that other people say about you. And I wonder if there were some things that you wanted to say but felt you couldn't in this place. What if the most important thing about Easter is something to do with who we are? Something to do with that phrase, I am dot, dot, dot. And if you were with us on Friday, you will know that throughout the different activities in the park, um, the children had to find a series of letters that spelt a word. For those of you that were there, can anyone remember the word that it spelt? Abby. Loved. Okay. So today, thanks Abby, today is going to involve a little bit of spelling. And for all you uh, dyslexics out there, don't panic. I'm not going to put anyone on the spot. Okay. I want to say to you this morning that the most important thing about Easter is that you would know that you are loved. Not just by somebody who is duty bound to love you, but that you are loved by someone whose heart is so set upon you 
whose heart is so totally for you, he's so captivated by you that they would give their all for you, that they would literally give their life for you. And that person is God. And what we see, um, what we see is that his love looks like the person of Jesus. And if you don't know much about Jesus, then we've got some Bibles back, and we'd love for you just to pick one up, take it home with you, and have a little look. Just check out some of the stories about Jesus. You can find those in lots of places in the Bible. Make a start in either Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, and have a little read away. Okay, right, kids, while I'm talking this morning, you can get busy. If you've not yet got one of these, you need to find a ring, you need to find some coloured streamers, and then attach them, okay, because today is a bit of a celebration day, and you're going to need these later when we do communion. Also, another thing you can do, kids, is we've got a photo frame. Decorate your photo frame. There's a bit of paper there. Because you won't have brought a photo with you, I'm assuming, unless it's on your phone. Get a bit of paper. Draw yourself. Stick it in there. You've got your own photo frame. Okay, it's going to be important a little bit later on. Okay. If you've been in church ever before, you will have heard it before. God loves you. It's nothing new. There's a really famous verse in John chapter 3, verse 16, which says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And that, of course, is what Easter is all about. But I wonder if we really believe it. Like, do we really know what that feels like? to be loved by God. So go back to that first dot, dot, dot question. I am dot, dot, dot. We can say a whole number of things about ourselves. I am this, I am that. We have all sorts of narratives that we listen to in our heads, things that we believe ourselves, uh, about ourselves, things that we have been said to us uh, or about us over the years. And we get so used to hearing these things, believing these things, that they become the narrative that we believe and the narrative that we live by. And learning to hear something a bit different, a different narrative, can be hard. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't even know why you're here, uh, but you've kind of rocked up in this place. Um, maybe when you hear me say that God loves you, you're like, mm, nah, not me. He doesn't really even know me. But I want you to know that God absolutely knows you and he absolutely loves you. So we're just going to have a little read of a few verses from Psalm 139, verses 1 to 16. Okay, if you've got your Bibles, grab them or if they're on your phones, search them up now, but it will be on the screen as well. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. 
The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body, and all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them even came to be. God knows everything about you, everything you've done, everything you've thought, everything you've said, everything you've hoped for, everything you've achieved, everything you've been disappointed by, everything you've been hurt by, everything you've messed up. God sees you and he knows you and he loves you deeply. And even if you've been in and around church for years, sometimes the truth of that doesn't always hit home. God loves us. And Easter is where we get to see what that love looks like, what that love looks like in all its glory. Now, I was reading something the other day, and I came across this. The writer was thinking back to when she was a little girl, and she was thinking about a game that she used to play with her grandma. And the game was called this. This is the name of the game, okay? Hopefully, it's going to come up soon. It's a five-letter word. No, not that one. That's got six letters. It's coming up soon, hopefully. There we go, okay? That word. Any guess as to how that word, word should be said, could be said? Schmilly. Schmiley. Schmiley, schmiley. <laughs> uh, yeah, strange word, hey? Okay. Uh, I said there'd be a bit of spelling this morning. There we go. That, that's it. It's a strange word. But all, for anyone who is dyslexic, it's not a real word, okay? Um, but any ideas what this game could be? There's no clue, is there, really, in the title? Uh, but I'll give you a clue. Those letters are an acronym. So it's one of those uh, things where each letter that's in there stands for a word. So that's actually going to say a phrase at the end of it. Now, Betty saw me kind of getting this ready uh, yesterday, and she was trying to think about an acronym, what it, what it might be, what it might say. What did you come up with? Snakes hover miles in long yields. Yeah, it's not that. Yeah, yeah, but nice try. Yeah. Um, any other suggestions? Aid. Whoa, here we go. Right, you... Nicely done. Round of applause for Aid. Nicely done. Do you want to come up here? Yeah, okay. All right, brilliant. So this was a game that this young girl used to play with her grandma. And what they used to do was they just used to write this word, schmiley or schmilly, however you want to say it, just in random places uh, around their kind of normal day. So um, they might have written it in the dust on the table. That's that dust on there. Can you see? You can't see it very well, but that's proper dusty on the left. That was our TV stand the other day. You know, like I kind of did around it, and then I suddenly saw, oh my goodness, there, yeah, proper dust. Okay, so there we go. They used to write it in random places. So maybe in the dust on a table, maybe in the kind of fogged up window when you've got loads of cooking in the kitchen. That's the, that's the second one. 
Uh, maybe magnetic letters on a fridge door. Um, lots of different random places they used to um, kind of come up with this word. And then the aim was that the little girl would kind of stumble across these words and it would be like, ah, see how much I love you, see how much I love you. And I love the idea of this game just to, I mean, I know someone who before who used to kind of write little notes in their children's um, lunchbox. I don't think we ever did that, did we? I'm really sorry about that. Okay. Anyway, the intention was there, but it would be a little bit too late to do it now to, like, the older teenagers. Sorry. Okay. Uh, we can sort out some therapy for you if you need it in a bit. Okay. Um, but I love the idea of the game. Okay. It invites us to go search, go look for, and find and see the person's message to us. Shmiley. S-H-M-I-L-Y. See how much... I love you. And when I came across this, I kind of felt like God spoke to me and he said, isn't that what I do for you all the time? I, I leave you little messages all the time, these little smiley messages. Um, and so, but sometimes we get so busy, get so engrossed in what we're doing that we have a hard job of seeing them. But I was thinking, okay, where do we see this? Like maybe an amazing sunset like the sun shining on a calm sea, the smile of a child, an unexpected gift, a kind word, maybe a job, kind of piece of paperwork, that deadline being changed in your favor, um, you know, maybe a hug from a friend, uh, all those different things, all those really ordinary things, little messages that speak of something extraordinary, that God sees us, that he knows us, and that he loves us deeply. And he invites us to search, to seek, and see these messages of see how much I love you in the everyday. But the thing about Easter is that it's not a subtle, smiley message. It's a big, fat, spelling it out, screaming from the sky message, see how much I love you. In Romans chapter 5, and verses 6 to 8, this is what it says. At just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see, at just the right time, when we didn't and when we don't have everything sorted, when we're in a mess, when we have all the questions or no questions at all, uh, when we don't know which way to turn, when we have no hope, at that moment, while we are still sinners, God says, I'm going to show you how much I love you. He says God demonstrates his love for us. Demonstrating means he shows us. That's what a demonstration is. Someone shows us something. He spells it out. Look here. See. This is what happens on the cross. See how much I love you. On the cross, Jesus stepped into and took on himself the very mess that is ours. And everything that was meant to tear us down and take us out, everything that would keep us far from God, everything that would have us believe that we're too far gone and that there's no coming back from it. And Jesus says, no, see how much I love you. And love comes running towards us in the form of him hanging there on the cross. The cross is the place where God says, you want to know how much I love you? 
see this here. Sometimes we're so keen to get to Easter Day that we gloss over the run-up to it. And God invites us to look at Jesus' bruised and battered body hanging on the cross and to know that it was his love that kept him there on that cross, not the nails. See how much I love you. And as Jesus breathes his last and dies, he cries out, it is finished. We sang that this morning, didn't we? It's accomplished. See how much I love you. And though the might of death was thrown at him, death could not hold him down. And three days later, Jesus rose again from the dead. So that as we turn to believe in him, he pulls us out of the death that should be ours. And he offers us life. The cross is the place where God says, see how much I love you. You're forgiven, you're chosen, you're known, you're accepted, you're saved, you're freed, you're being made new, you're my child, you're my work of art, you are loved. My love covers over everything. It covers over all your insecurities, all your fears, all your hopes, all your frustrations, all your dreams. It covers over it all. So this morning, do you know how much you are loved? And the problem is, like I said, that we have this hard time hearing it. Or if we hear it, then the problem is that we have a hard time actually grasping it. And while I was putting together those pictures of my dusty, smiley lettering on the um, TV stand and all those kind of things, um, I realized that I didn't have any magnetic letters on the fridge. You know, we would have done at a time, but a little bit unnecessary now for the age of our children. So I asked a friend who I thought might have some. Um, and I said, look, can you just put this word together on your fridge, take a photo of it, and then send it to me. I need it for Sunday. Um, and about half an hour later, she messaged me back with this message. Um, I'm just at the park, but I will do it later. Uh, do you mean smiley? Laughing emoji. Um, or was that autocorrect? And then I replied to her, yep, yep, I do mean smiley, and it's not autocorrect. And what struck me about this exchange of messages afterwards is that that is exactly what we think about the idea of God loving us so much. God says to us, he shows us, see how much I love you on the cross. And we pretty much say to him, uh, do you mean smiley? Like, is that spelt right? Are you sure that's right? Uh, because we automatically auto-correct. We can't compute the word, the idea, the truth that we are loved so deeply. We're so used to auto-correcting, to listening to our own narratives. I'm this, I am that. But the story of Good Friday through to Easter Day is that this invitation to us is to consider and deep deeply experience this surprising truth for ourselves that I am loved by God you know when we're uh, measuring things uh, any fishermen in the any fisher fishermen fisher women anybody who likes to fish in the house yeah one at the back okay great okay I don't know if you do this Ben but I know sometimes there's the whole kind of maybe it's a stereotype I don't know but that whole thing if you've caught a fish the fisherman tail kind of, you know, the, the length of the fish grows, yeah, depending on who and when you're talking to you about it, who you want to impress, yeah. Okay, so we often measure things 
in between our hands. Um, and God says, see how much I love you. And we kind of say, like, how much? Like, this much? Um, this much? This much? And he says, this much. Hands outstretched on a cross. This is how much I love you. Hands extended towards us. So this Easter, let's look to the cross to hear his voice loud and clear say, see how much I love you. And if we get a glimpse of that truth, it's something worth celebrating. And let's look out for those smiley messages in the everyday that we might be able to hear him speaking to us, hear him saying, this is what I think of you. Forget the other stuff. See how much I love you. That is the thing to build our lives on. So going back to those questions I asked right at the start, what is the most thing, important thing about Easter? Forget the chocolate. Yes, that's lovely. Uh, forget the bank holiday. Yes, we love it. Uh, forget the time with in family and friends. Yes, we love that too. The coming of the spring. These things are all nice and good, but they're not actually life-changing. But what is, is when we begin to know that we are deeply deeply loved by God. So we're going to have communion now. now um, for anyone who might not know what that is, we're just going to have uh, some pita bread, okay? And some, it's not wine, looks like wine, it's grape juice, but, you know, we go for, yeah, it symbolizes wine, okay? Um, and the whole point of doing this is that Jesus said, this is a meal to remember me by. Um, he says, this this bread is like a symbol of my body broken for you on the cross. This wine is like a symbol of my blood broken for you that was poured out for you when I died for you on the cross. See how much I love you. So if you are walking towards Jesus, and if you're like, I want to know more of your love for me, we would love you in a moment to come and um, take some of this. We're going to have some music playing. And just as and when you want to, just come up, take a bit of the pit of bread, take one of the glasses of um, juice, just take it back to your seat and just have a bit of time of just contemplation, just thinking about God's, what he's done for us. See how much I love you. There is a gluten-free option. Now, because we've got a few wires here, just be careful if you're coming this way. You might want to go around that way instead. Okay, just watch those. All right, they are covered up. Okay, but as we're taking communion, see how much I love you. All right, there is no pressure at this point for you to join in or not. But we would, if you know Jesus, if you're walking towards him, this is an invitation to celebrate what he has done for us on the cross. Kids, if you're coming, you might want to bring up the things that you've made. You might want to bring up your photo frame. You might even, on the back of this or somewhere on here, want to write, I am loved or smiley. So whenever you see that word, you're reminded, see how much I love you. We're going to have communion, and then after communion, we're going to have one more song, and then we're just going to pray for each other. Okay, that's what it's going to look like. So as and when you're ready, come on up, all right.